1: light years Samus sandiari here andy blue across from me if you joined us for spotify live you got an exclusive non-recorded show um so that episode may or may not end up on our feed and with the uncertainty of that andy and i thought you know what we got to record a new episode because, do it again because The Warriors are back in the finals, and we can't not have an episode up on the feed.
2: I just, uh, tonight was, look, the Warriors didn't win a championship, but it really felt like one of those games, wins that exemplified who the Warriors are top to bottom, Sam, is what it felt like. This felt like something that we will never see again in the history of the NBA. We haven't seen something like this since the San Antonio Spurs. We haven't seen a team that's been down
1: farther, farther back, farther back, my friend. friend. Where? When sixth finals trip in eight years has not been done since Michael Jordan's Bulls. But you stand correct with the Spurs, Bulls, maybe you throw in um, the Kobe Lakers or the Magic Lakers in there. These teams come across once a generation. It's not like a, we like them because they're local. There is no team in the NBA who matters this much. I know people are going to say LeBron. LeBron can't stay on a single team for four years.
2: (laughs) Can can we, real quick, quick, this is not a LeBron show, but I want to say never put the LeBron name in the same stratosphere as this. That guy chose to play and only chose to play with all-star level players every single time every time something went bad he went to a new team this team Sam was bad was good was great was bad again and then now it's great again uh, it's like something straight out of a movie right that's you ne- we've ne- we're never going to see that again is what i'm going to keep saying
1: in an era where players continually move it takes a little something to want to stick with the team to go through it through the bad times. That's what kept that's what I kept thinking about as I was watching the Warriors clinch this in game five against the Dallas Mavericks. I want to give a hat tip to the Mavericks. Um Luca is phenomenal and he has the potential to accomplish a lot of amazing things in the NBA. And I think he probably will maybe you know he he definitely has that talent but it's not his time yet. And in the Warriors finally getting back to the finals, it's hard for me not to think about 2019 when Clay Thompson goes down, when Kevin Durant leaves town, when Andre Godala gets traded, when Sean Livingston retires, when half the roster is either retired or kicked out of the league. <laughs> like, like uh, you know, you know. Shout out, friend of the show, Quinn Cook. Um, his NBA run was not too long after that. Shout out, to friend. Jonas Drebko, you know. Oh boy. Wow. We're going deep. So it's, it's my point. It, the Warriors went from the greatest team on earth to everyone saying they'll never get back there. It's over. And they rebuilt it. And part of me always felt like the core had the potential to do it. But the other part of me was like, if they don't do it, it wouldn't shock me. You know what I mean? Right. And for them to get back here, it just. It feels special
2: that they're they're just so much different than anything we've seen. And I think it starts with the Western Finals Conference MVP, Stephen Curry. And I think that's what this really starts with is that guy makes everything possible because of I mean, we know how great he is, but really the leadership, right? We're going to go through really every single piece of this basketball team tonight and kind of talk about the pieces that have changed around the Warriors and, and what's made them so great. But I think it starts with Steph's ability to really transform who he is through all these iterations of the Warriors. We're watching Andrew Wiggins, Sam, become an integral piece to the, these Golden State Warriors. They don't win the series without him. Kevon Looney, we don't, we, they don't win the series without him. right? And, and I think a lot of that is this franchise is willing to build through that instead of saying, Let's trade all these guys, right? Let, let's figure something out. Let's change the system. Let's change who we are philosophically. They don't do that. And I think that's the really big difference between what we've seen today in today's NBA. I mean, let's, let's look at, I mean, let's even talk about Dallas, right? Let's look at how they play basketball. We talked about LeBron. Let's look at how he has James Harden's on his 18th team, Sam. Chris Paul, point God, quote unquote, on his 25th team. They can't win. They can't win without doing any of that. It's not the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, it, everything about the Warriors
1: starts and ends with Steph Curry, the Western Conference Finals MVP, whatever the hell that award is. Um, he, <laughs> I, he didn't even have a great night today. He tweaked his ankle in the first half, and like, honestly, if we're talking about going to the finals, the number one thing is he needs to get his ankle right. Like, sure. Otto needs to get healthy. Andre needs to get healthy. Hopefully, we can get GP2 back, but like, more than any of those, Steph needs to get healthy. He had a point God-esque performance tonight. You know, nine assists, yep. uh, only two turnovers, 15 points. Um, really functioned as a decoy most of the night because you could tell his ankle was bothering him. Yep. But but that's kind of that's who Steph is, like ultimate winner. None of this works without him. If he was majority of the superstars in the NBA, a trade demand would have come down. From him (laughs) when clay got hurt. And most people would have been like, I get it. I get it. I respect, you know, you've done your time, but like they're rebuilding. They're not going to build something good. You you know, you want to go to Miami so you can compete that sort of thing. But that's not who Steph is. That's not who the warriors are. And in building the second iteration of the team, that gets back to the finals after all that stuff. Like there is, I don't care what anyone says there's something special to the fact that they did get kicked down. It wasn't easy. And at times it looked like it was not going to happen.
2: Yes, that's what, that's what it is. It's you live and you grow up, you know, Sam, you're, you're you're a bit older than I am, you know, you you live with the Warriors being bad growing up. And, and, you know, I've seen the lean years too. And then you see them become that great dynasty team. The first iteration, I mean, the pre KDs iteration almost felt too easy at times. Uh, Right. And then you get the KD version when you're the best team of all time. Like we're not just talking about a championship team, not like a normal dynasty team. We're talking about the greatest team ever. And then it all falls apart. And then now you're seeing this team where you're right. Steph could have been like, hey, why don't we just trade all the kids? If Steph said you need to trade the picks to get X player or I'm not signing a max, what do you think Up does, right? They make that trade. Instead, Steph, front office, coaching staff, all aligned on what they need to do to be successful and they figure it out. And that's everyone involved, but again, mostly Steph Curry and the, this trio, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I think that's there's a reason why this team is the team that everyone cares about watching, not just Warriors fans. I mean, we saw the ratings today, right? In in the article. <laughs> the yeah. top six of the top eight games that are most watched this NBA season, all Warriors. So a reason for that. This stuff resonates, and I think that we'll never see again. Six six finals in eight years. Yeah, Sam, we'll never see that again. But this, the way they're doing it, we'll never see again. Yeah. Ever.
1: And 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 so it, it always starts and ends with Steph because if you don't have buy-in of the top guy, it's always going to be uncomfortable. It it just is what it is, you know? Like, if your top guy wants to trade everyone else, like, it's going to make the whole thing uncomfortable. But let's keep moving down the line. Yep. I want to get to Clay Thompson next. Clay, by the way, did you see how emotional he got during the whole thing? Dude, I
2: cried. I mean, I teared up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I'm a sad boy. So I just... I mean, who, when, what, what type of comparison is there for what Clay went through, and, and, and now the mountain that he's reached after that, and to do it with what he did tonight? It's not like he had a great series, but tonight he was the reason they won, right? Like yeah. just-
1: tonight he was phenomenal, but he'd been kind of up and down for most of the series, right? Um, and and that's kind of been the story of his playoffs. Been a little up and down, but has those moments where you're like,
2: hmm? eh, "That's still, Clay,
1: still Clay." Um, he he said when he got emotional during the trophy ceremony this time last year, I was starting to jog again and get on the court. They would tell me it would pay off and it's hard to see that at the time, but now actually being here, I can feel it paying off. Just, just the process of going through everything he's gone through. Um, I don't know a single warrior fan who doesn't get a little emotional because of everything he's meant to the team. And, and all that. And it's, I mean, it's cool to see, like it gets back to the same point. They're an actual team. Um, Maybe they win the finals. I think you and I both feel like they have a good chance and maybe they get a couple more shots at this before the core yeah, retires yeah, or yeah. maybe not, but they're going to go down as one of the greatest teams in American sports history, no matter what, because you just don't see teams stay together this long and go yeah. through the battles the way they have, you know, like teams who stayed together this long and gone through the battles. It's like Jordan's Bulls, Tom Brady's Patriots. You know, like, <laughs> like we're talking about, like, like you know, there's very few teams in history that have done that. Like, even if you want to talk about Kobe with the Lakers, he had multiple iterations of the team. um The Spurs are obviously a popular example for you, and they've done it to some extent, but they were. I don't think they ever reached the highs the Warriors reached. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're very sturdy. They never had the lows the Warriors have, but they never had the highs they had. It's not common to see teams
2: go through the things the Warriors have and stick together and continue going. Yeah. In terms of the Mount Rushmore's of organizations, franchises, teams, this one is going to be the one that stands the test of time. Um This is going to be something that I I just think is not possible for teams to do in today's NBA with the amount of player movement, with the salary cap, with the amount of, I think, talent in the NBA. Uh, The Warriors are going to face either the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat, who they've played in the finals have been, right, the Cavaliers the Toronto Raptors, they've seen the Houston Rockets, the Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference Finals. Look at all these different iterations of teams that they've played the last seven seasons. They've faced
1: Chris Paul on six different teams. <laughs> I mean, they've they faced James Harden. They want to beat four, him again this year, right? You yeah. know, four other – You know, but your point stands. Like, LeBron's been on eight teams. Um, the, through it all, it's always been like, oh, the Warriors are going against X player. It's never the Warriors are going against X team. Thank you.
2: Yes, I think that's the one. And and like even let's say even, for example, KD makes the finals this season, which wasn't even close. But like it would be a conversation about someone that left this team to go play on that team. And then he'd have to go through the Warriors again. Right. And let's not forget that the first time they played Warriors beat them. Right. And I think that's also the difference between you talk about Steph Curry and then and I, I think. You talk about every other team that's take, for example, the Luka Doncic Mavs, the conversation before the series was Luka Doncic versus the Warriors, right? That's what this team is about. Doncic wins. It's all Doncic. Doncic loses. Well, he needs more help. He needs more of this and that. That <laughs> has, ne- has never been the case with Steph. And there's a reason for that, man. It's just it's just uh, the way this team is built, the way they play is, is just so much different and but there's no, oh, my God, he's going to get blamed for this or he should get blamed for that, or he's going to take all the credit for that. That's not who Steph is.
1: That's cool. Let's talk Draymond Green. Draymond, who has been a little up and down during the playoffs, yeah, I think Clay. was phenomenal in this closeout game against Dallas. 17 points. I'm not going to double-check it, but I, I'm positive that's as high for the playoffs. Nine assists, six rebounds. Great defense, as always. Um, you Draymond is one of those guys you can count on when you get close to like he smells a victory. Like, that is a guy who wins a game. If it's a close game and I have Draymond on my side, I'm like, we're winning. He knows how to, and it's not the scoring, like, I'm just pointing it out because it's like atypical for him to be that guy a little bit, but it's just like, okay, we're in a tight game. If I have Draymond on my side, I think very, Highly of my chances to win that game. Um, There have been times during this run where like certain segments of the fan base have been like, is it time to move on from Draymond? And there's been times where I've been frustrated and at times have felt that way too. But the, the the other part of me is if it was that easy to replace a guy who made all the plays he made, uh, he wouldn't be who he is. You know, like it was that easy. And um, to see him, of all people, stick it out through this whole thing, because as much as Clay is like an emotional heart drink for this team, I, I feel like Steph and Draymond really, the, the team starts with the two of them. Um, it's pretty cool to see him also get back here.
2: Yep. Yep. The generation's best defender. This generation's... I mean, this team is... Uh, we talk we start with Steph Curry but when you go down the line of all these players all of these players mean something it's not hey Draymond Green's a bit part of this team it's Draymond Green is this generation's defense he is the reason why I mean, well it's actually <laughs> Angel Wiggins is actually the reason why the defense was so good this series but we're talking about we'll get, it, we'll get to him next we'll get to we'll get to Tutu like uh, just it's it's incredible i think to see that Draymond Green, who's been hurt, but actually has been relatively healthy enough to play most of the regular season games, right, of the last few seasons, uh, do this. And uh, we saw him check out in 2019. Uh, We saw him have that tiff with Kevin Durant. Again, this is another guy we've seen the ups and downs. We saw him get suspended in the NBA finals, right? We've seen him do really everything you can do (laughs) in the NBA. And uh, it's just great to see him do it again. He had a corner three tonight. Sam, I don't think I've. Ever seen Draymond? Every Draymond played. corner
1: three is worth 12 points. So.
2: I'm pretty sure it was worth 20. Points. Yeah, right. So it was just uh <laughs> I uh something to be said about a guy that you know people would just call him a winner. And like you said, when the game's close, like like I want to take example, like game three. Um, game four, game three and game four are just perfect Draymond games. Draymond plays terrible in game three, first half, shows up, sees the games close, closes it out. Incredible second half. Game four, Draymond didn't show up <laughs> Not for a single second. And that game was never close. And I think just, you're right, man. When it's a close game, that guy's that guy's closing it out. And tonight, I think they were up only 10 with like eight minutes left. They get Steph back in. They get Draymond back in. And Draymond, first thing he does is make a floater from like eight foot. Just, I don't even, just incredible.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: I want to talk about Steve Kerr before we get to a couple other players here. Um, when the Warriors were—I don't want to say in the wilderness, but like in those two lean years after the 2019 Finals appearance, where Clay got hurt and Kevin Durant got hurt and KD left, and you know uh, Livingston retired, and it just felt like the whole thing ended. They they went through some internal changes. They had to evolve from who they were, partially roster, but partially coaching-wise, too. And I think we've done a decent job of talking about it, but I want to call it out. Steve Kerr has evolved with this team just as much as the players have, and he deserves credit for it. He's often the guy that we kind of get the most annoyed with because he's the head coach. You know, on the postgame show, there will always be someone calling in kind of like, what is Steve doing? That sort of stuff. And honestly, for a large part of last year, that was me. You know, that's like how I felt about it. Right. But I've been more impressed with Steve's evolution off of last year than anyone, because part of me felt like it was just not going to happen. Part of me felt like, well, you know, he's older. He's he's an accomplished coach. You really think he's going to change the way he does stuff? And if anything, it's it's been impressive to watch the evolution of bringing in new coaches on the staff, bringing in a Kenny Atkinson, bringing in John Malaya. You know, not changing your identity but modernizing. Yes, running more. running a little more pick and roll on offense, changing up the way you defend, running some more zones, just doing things to kind of bring some new levels to it. Uh, He should get as much credit
2: for his evolution as the Warriors' core players. 100%. And you kind of said what what I wanted to say is that You need to make that change, and I think the Warriors were smart enough to, and Steve Kerr was willing to make that change. You can't just keep doing the same thing, but they did not sacrifice their philosophy. I think you saw that tonight in the fourth quarter. It gets cut down to 10, and Steve Kerr's main thing was saying, we need to move the ball. We need to just stop dribbling. And now you tweeted earlier this morning about how the Warriors are running essentially 20, 30 percent more pick and roll in this series because they're matchup hunting Luka Doncic. But when it comes down to it, I do love the fact that Steve Kerr's motion offense did essentially take apart the uh, the Mavericks defense. And I think that's really the, the short term focus. Right. But overall, uh, you see the maturation of organization. It's not just, a, oh, well, Steve Kerr's making these mistakes. So let's just fire him and find a new guy. Right? How many times have we seen organizations organizations do that where they just they just find a brand new coach and just shout out Lakers, just, <laughs> shout out every LeBron team in the existence of LeBron teams, and it's just like, and I think with the Warriors, it's a whole. it, it just feels like a whole family. Um, is what it is, and, and a company really? Because I think Joe Lacob was probably wasn't happy about that. And you mentioned that they hired essentially head coaches. Mike Brown's going to be head coach. Kenny Atkinson's going to be a head coach. jama Malala is going to be a head coach at some point in his career. They have multiple head coaches on their staff, and um, and Steve Kerr smart enough to say, "Hey, what can we do about it?" And you know, I th- I still think that the best comparison for this Steve Kerr defensive scheme performance. Uh, is Bill Belichick is what you pointed out, and he threw out a defensive masterpiece that uh, we have we have never seen from him, uh, especially with the talent that he has. So kudos to Steve Kerr, who is uh, top five coach in the NBA. Shouts to a friend of the show Margot for uh, for agreeing with me.
1: We've uh, we haven't even got there, but like, there's also a few other players who I think matter in this discussion of the Warriors getting back their sixth and eight eight finals Kayvon Looney, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. All three of them exemplify three different qualities to me. In my opinion, Looney exemplifies just kind of like the culture. He's worked his way up here the whole way. He's not supposed to be a core player, he's not supposed to be the most important player, but he He just does things the right way and has a way of exceeding expectations and mattering another huge loony performance, 18 rebounds, four assists, 10 points. Like, I mean, dude, dude, I made the joke that he was like Moses Malone. He's actually playing like Moses Malone now.
2: Like he's, he's doing that these days. Yeah. I just, uh, that's a guy that's been through, you talk about been through the wars. Uh, He was drafted after the first title and got injured, worked through all the hip injuries, essentially became a brand-new player, and now is a core reason. If, if Steph didn't win the Aggressive Conference Finals MVP tonight, I was praying that Kevon Looney would get that honor. Uh, I watched Luke Doncic show against him. I watched Jalen Brunson go. I watched Spencer Dinwiddie try to go against him. Those are the three guys that every expert that picked the Mavs, and there were a lot of them, said the Warriors can't stop those three. Kevon Looney stood tall against all of them, and I think that – Dude, we're watching Rudy Gobert and DeAndre get played off the floor in the postseason. Kevon Looney, getting paid $6 million a year, can't even jump off the ground, but he's grabbing every offensive rebound and he's stopping every point guard to get to the hole. It's incredible stuff, man. It's just, yeah, like you said, a testament to, I think, him, of course, but also this culture for believing in him, right? Because I don't think any other team – there's a reason why his contract is two years, 10 mil – Nobody's yeah. paying him anything more than that. The Warriors did. Yeah. All right, so then let's get to Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, in my
1: opinion, exemplifies the Warriors' newfound development philosophy, which is he's the first player they acquired after the 2019 finals. Uh, Clay Thompson had obviously torn his Achilles. We knew he wasn't going to play the next year. Uh, didn't know it was going to come after that with the Achilles and everything, but like we knew he was going to miss the – 2019-20 season with the ACL and all that sort of stuff. KD uh, ended up not resigning a couple days after that. And in many ways, Jordan Poole exemplified the journey the Warriors have been on because his first year was god-awful, you know? Didn't look ready for the NBA. No one knew what to think of him. Most people were like, yeah, they took the wrong player, right? And then year two... While it was rocky, it went up and down, and there were times where we still questioned what they were doing with him, to be honest. It, it started moving in a different direction. Year three this year, all of a sudden it's like, sheesh, this guy's good. Not only is he that, but it's like, "What you know, it, it, should he start? Is he a core player? Like, is he the man? You know, that sort of stuff. And uh, it, it kind of speaks to the Warriors overall philosophy that they were not going to give up on development. They weren't going to like freak out that clay got hurt and like trade everything for some little thing to help them right there. And then that would compromise their entire future. They believed that they could do it internally. And you know, I, 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 everyone who listens to this show knows I was skeptical, you know?
2: Oh, yes, dude. I mean, one of the worst rookie seasons we've ever seen. Uh, So let's get that out of the way. Uh, But this is, like you said, the maturity of the organization to draft him, to believe in him, because I know, we know that Steve Kerr did not believe in this kid, and I didn't either, because he did not fit the system. And I think if you're Jordan Poole, and you're 22 years old, and you look at this team and you understand it. I think he understood at the end of last season that he can average 20 points in the NBA. He can get 20 million a year, every year for the next eight seasons, and be set for the rest of his life. But what does he care about? We see a lot of NBA players out there that only care about a couple things: buckets, money, and that's completely fine, right? We'll never understand that because we don't make that amount of money. We're not that good at basketball. And I think it would have been completely fine for Jordan Poole to believe that that was his goal in his NBA career, but I don't think that's his goal. I think the way that he's been on this team and believed and bought in and the team, vice versa, bought into him, and now it feels like he does want to play basketball, quote, unquote, the Warriors way, and I think that's turned him into a better player, and he's made the Warriors better because we have never seen a bench player or a guard on the Warriors outside of Steph look like Jordan Poole, and that's also really cool. Right, Like you said, it's phase two, like Marvel, it's like MCU. It's like phase <laughs> two, right? It's like phase two of this team is going to be Jordan Poole. It's going to be Moses, Moody, and Kamingo, who, who you know we, we may get to at the end, but Moody had a great game. But like Those are the guys, right? That's phase two. And um, Jordan Poole is going to lead the way. That is awesome to see.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Not to bury the lead, but Uh-oh. we haven't talked about Andrew Wiggins to oh, this point. Man. And I think he's honestly the most interesting one here like everyone who's yep. listened to me knows i was skeptical of who if he could get here you know i'd watch in minnesota i at no point was i convinced he was going to be a guy who could flip this switch and not only did he do it he's like the perfect wing to go with the core that they have in many ways he had another solid game 18 and 10 rebounds he's been rebounding his ass off all playoffs uh he's been defending his butt off all playoffs he's been in general he's been what everyone said he couldn't be which was a dirty work winning player yep Um, speaks to speaks to what the warriors have built in many ways i know we're repeating
2: ourselves a little bit but like it's kind of like it's worth mentioning i will spin you for a third one uh this one is ownership this one is ownership. Let's give Joe Lake up a shout out. Um, they didn't have to trade D-Lo. They didn't even have to trade for D'Lo. <laughs> they really didn't have to do anything. Like I, 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 they could have just said, "Hey, we're just gonna have KD leave and, and just kind of figure it out because we don't want to pay the luxury tax." Let's watch what's going on in Brooklyn. And again, a lot of this is Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has to be want, has to want to sacrifice who he is as a player to become this player. You think Andrew Wiggins, as the number one pick coming into the NBA, wanted to be this type of player, Sam? He wanted to guard Luka Doncic forty-five minutes a game and and you know not ever get in uh, like a, like a little you know dribble 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 move that I'm sure he wants to do right an average 20 points a game uh coming into this league I think he was essentially a laughing stock before he got traded to the warriors so that I think a testament to the warriors organization who said like hey we're just going to trade for this guy because well one we hate D uh two like we want to use that money to essentially get a guy like Wiggins who we think we can change and also was a big max slot uh contract slot and now he's become what the second most consistent player for the warriors this postseason, right? He might not be the second best player, but he's the second most consistent player for this team. And uh, they don't win this series without him. Like at least they don't win this series in five without him. And and same with Memphis. Like they don't win that series without him either. And uh, there's something to be said for that, for a guy that I'm sure coming into the NBA, he did not think he was going to be doing this. (laughs) He did not think that, but we, but when you're in the NBA finals, right? Winning is all that matters, man. And I think the Warriors, they have players that really only care about winning. That's pretty cool. I mean, let's throw a quick shout out to like Nemanja Bielica, right? In playoff series and all of a sudden Steve Kerr is like, hey, let's just throw Bielica out there because he played well in game four and Bielica locked up Luka. Truly, truly confounding and puzzling how he did that, but very cool to see strength and numbers rise again. And then you got um,
1: Moses Moody, the most mature 19-year-old I've ever seen. I'm sure good the whole way through. I mean, in general, someone on our Spotify green room asked this. So let's, let's just, let's react this for people who didn't listen to it. Better strength and numbers squad this or 2015.
2: I'm going 2015. I, I think they have better role players that were consistently good. And I think they were deeper. Let's go, let's go through it. Andre Godala, prime Andre, disgusting, just a nasty role player, elite defender, probably the best in the NBA at the time. Leandro Barbosa was their iteration of Jordan Poole. Then you got, of course, big guy, most mates. Uh, And I think you've got just Sean Livingston. Let's not forget just another ball handler, right? that doesn't turn the ball over. So I think that team's better, Sam. You also want a championship. On, on the flip side, I mean... This team's
1: core is better. They're more mature. Like this version of Steph and Draymond are veterans. That version, they're the young guys. And it's it's like the flip. Um, In 15, the core was young. The role players were veterans. This one, the core is veterans. The role players are young. Um, I don't know if it's better. We have to see if they can win the title before I make that statement, right? Like, I, it's just unfair. One team's won the title. The other team just entered the finals. But there are similarities between both of them in just the fact that they're teams that rely on their depth um,
2: more than anything. And that's atypical in this NBA. Yep. Yep. I just, the belief that I think Steph has, because Steph could just go dribble, dribble, pick and roll every single time and it'd be completely fine um, because that's how every player plays today. And I think he's like, no, uh, I'm just going to play the way that Steve Crisp style wants to play. And I think that that helps everyone else, man. Like, you think you think because Bielitza play well tonight, or, or like you think that because he beyond Memphis that they'd be the same way? You think if he was on Dallas, he'd play the same way. There's no chance. We watch I was through this out there. Marquise Chris probably should have played. Probably should have played the series. And I think the way the philosophy that teams are doing it, they just don't trust guys. I think the way that the warriors do. And I think that gives a lot guys, a lot of confidence, man. And in the day, a lot of this is confidence stuff. So um, another Testament, I feel like we're just nonstop, you know, it is it is. I just, I just want to be honest. Like it is where it is. We're,
1: we're recording this at ten forty five at night after <laughs> the warriors have gone back to the finals, something that let's be real. Did either of us think it was going to happen this year?
2: No. like hoping sure what's the conference finals i would have been happy with
1: yeah and not only do they get to the finals they kind of get to the finals with ease buddy like (laughs) you think about it two five game series and a six game series that's That's the definition of not being worked too hard like memphis did have them sweat a little bit but it was an easy route here and like you said when you start reflecting on it, it does deserve all that wax poetic because you're just not going to see it again, man. Maybe they get back there again and we can talk about seven and nine years, you know, <laughs> stuff, but it's like, right.
2: my point right. is
1: right. Watch a lot of sports. The Niners have been good in your lifetime. They haven't had a run like this since the eighties. The giants have been really good in your lifetime. They have had no run that resembles this. They've had, Runs where they win titles, but not runs where it's... No, this is dominance. Yeah, It's such a different level of dominance. And it's like, honestly, the Warriors might be really good after Steph and these guys retire. They probably will never go to six and eight years again. Because the odds of doing that are so low.
2: (laughs) The odds of doing that are one every 20 years across 30 plus teams. Right. And it requires you to have the buy in. I mean, like, let's even talk about like the great players in today's game. Like, they could be great, but it doesn't have the buy in from top and down that the Warriors do from Steph, like Steph Clay and Draymond. I mean, we could even like end it here, like, but it's just like before we go, Steph Clay and Draymond, we will never see a trio like that. Right. All this cool stuff about the Warriors functions off Steph and Draymond. Kevin Durant came here and he is awesome and he is one of the core reasons they won two titles, probably three, but they won before him with Steph Clay and Draymond. They beat him with Steph Clay and Draymond. They win with him and now guess what? Two years after, when they're healthy again, they're back at the NBA Finals with Steph Clay and Draymond. I think it's like a movie, right? We just don't see stuff like that ever. It's like something straight out of Coach Carter. Or something cliche like that. You do not see that stuff. It is not normal. I'm going to end it here. Um,
1: we We don't know who's going to win the East. You and I both kind of think Boston's going to close it out. But, like, we'll see. They should. Both Miami and Boston have good cultures. They've been sustainably good for a period of time. Okay. I want you to think about this. So the Heat obviously went to four finals in a row, winning two with LeBron. Since then, they've been good. They've been to two conference finals in three years. They made the playoffs four years in a row. I think everyone would acknowledge that's really good, right? Yep. The Boston Celtics obviously won that title in 2008 that they tell everyone about anytime anyone Jesus listens.
2: Jesus Christ, yeah. It's the worst. And,
1: and they went to the finals in 2010. They had a nice run with that core that only resulted in one title but made a couple of finals appearances, right? Since then, they've been to four conference finals in the last six years. They've been really good. Again, a very nice run, but nothing special. I just want to put that in context of what the Warriors have done over the last years. Like What I'm saying is we could get a Warriors team after these guys who retire, who makes the conference finals three times in five years and makes a finals, and that's really good. And that's actually very successful, to be honest. You just to get to what this group has done for the period of time they've done it, like don't lose sight of how difficult that is, because you can be the smartest guy in the room, continually (laughs) assemble a smart team, and you still will not have this type of success. Like we think Pat Riley and Spolster and those guys are very
2: smart. They haven't done it, you know, and then that's that. That's why this Warriors team is special. We will never see something like this again. And that is a testament to everyone. Steph Curry the most, Steve Kerr the coaching. You've got the trio. You've got the ownership ready to spend. You've got the young guys that are bought in like Jordan Poole. You've got the role players that are coming in to an act two of their career like Andrew Wiggins. And then you've got the vets. Sam, we're going to see Otto Porter, Andre Dahl, and GP2 back for the NBA Finals. And I think that's probably the best way to end it. We're going to be back on Sunday to preview the 2022 NBA Finals. Appreciate it, everyone.